Welcome to the Home Church Podcast. My name's Kenny, and I serve as the lead pastor here at Home Church, and we gather in Maiden, North Carolina. We're so glad you tuned in to today's episode, and we hope that this episode will help encourage you and inspire you as you continue to follow Jesus step by step. Well, hey, good morning and welcome to Home Church. Uh, again, my name's Kenny and I serve as the lead pastor here. And uh, I don't know about you, but every year at Christmas, especially uh, since having children, and so my oldest son is seven and, uh, and I have a, a couple of twins, they're, they're five years old, but every year since I've had kids, uh, Christmas has served as a reminder to me of what I'm called to do. Uh, and and here's, here's why I say that, because every year at Christmas, inevitably, uh, my wife, Katie, uh, goes and buys our kids something that I'm going to have to go and find my toolbox, as limited as it is, and I'm going to have to try to build something. Now, you know, it's one of those things where I go and I find my little limited toolkit and uh, Allen wrenches and a couple of sockets and things I don't know the names of. Um, and there's these instructions and there's all these parts and components and I look at it and I've got T minus eight hours before you know, Christmas morning is here and time runs out. And so now all of a sudden I'm starting to do this. And at first I start and I'm calm, right? Because I've got my little tool set and I'm feeling good and there's instructions and there's a box and, and Katie is over here wrapping everything else while I'm trying to build the one thing that she bought that I need to build. And inevitably I'm going to start down that process and I'm going to be missing a part or I'm not going to have the right tool and nothing's open. And so finally I'm like, well, Forget the instructions. I don't need them. We're going to wing this thing. And I start, you know, putting all this stuff together. And this year, it was a basketball goal. And I, you know, listen, my kids come down the, 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 the stairs, and they shoot. And the very first time, the whole thing falls over. And I'm like, oh, geez. I forgot to put, like, water and stuff in, in the base. And, and so then I said, hey, you know, let me do that. And then I said, no dunking, right? Uh, it was a small goal. I said, no dunking because Dad built it. <laughs> and it's probably going to fall apart and you're going to die. All right. And so, but here's the thing, like every year at Christmas, this reminds me of what I'm not very good at. There are some things in my life that I am not good at, uh, things that I'm not gifted at, things I'm not called to do and be a handyman is not one of them. But, you know, because as I think about it, there are people that this is like one of the, this is one of the moments they live for because they've got their entire tool set. They just roll that thing out because it's, you know, one of those huge ones in their garage that they've got cleaned up and polished and things like that. Uh, they, they look at the instructions, they lay it out, they iron it just to make sure it's nice and flat. And they go through all the details. They're handy and they're, they're craftsmen and they, they understand and they understand what goes to what and how it goes and when it goes and all that stuff. And man, it is just like their delight and they love it and they look forward to it. And I'm just like, homie, can we just pay somebody to build this? Like, and, and there's, there's, a, there's an inherent difference in, in us and in people. Now, the, the opposite is true. I, I could come and bring one of you up here and hand you a microphone, and you might just like deer in headlights, and you couldn't even remen- remember your name in that moment. And, but this, is, this reminds me every year of this is what God has gifted me with. Now, I, I'm certainly not the best in the world, but I think I'm okay at being able to speak for a living and to be able to communicate and to tell stories and to weave God's word together in a way that's relevant and it makes sense for you, for you to be able to grab it and hold on to it and apply it to your life. Things that hopefully you walk out of here and and as you're having lunch, you're able to talk about it because you actually remember it rather than like, um, all right, I got my chips and queso. What did he say today? Um, and, And so there's a craft to this 
thing that God's called me to. I, I put work into it. I, I effort it. I, I, I nuance it and massage it like all week to get to a place where I'm ready to do and put the giftings that he's given me to work for the thing that he's called me to do. And so the thing I want you to understand is that all of us have these bits and components to us. Some of you are not gifted to come up here and to teach and to speak and to lead, and that's totally fine. Some of you have gifting to do lots of other things. Some of you do teach, and you uh, lead classrooms, and you're unbelievable teachers. Some of you are incredible at finance and business and numbers and operations. Some of you have the uncanny ability to take and understand digital things like, uh, I don't know, like cryptocurrency or apps and uh, design and all these different things that where you put you know numbers together, all these different numbers together, and all of a sudden you've got a website, and I'm like, what? This is insane, right? We, we all have these different giftings and things that we've had embedded in us from the very beginning that we are um, both good at naturally, things that we continue to get better at as we grow and, and test it and try it and uh, work that craft. Uh, there are things that we are just naturally have a propensity towards. This is all true of us, right? And so it just it stands as a reminder for me that when God created me, these are the things that he gifted me with, and it was not to be very handy. And so if you need something fixed, I know some great guys in our church, don't call me, all right? Uh, I'm just going to forward your text message to them and say, I love you. I'm praying that that gets fixed, right? Um, but some of you understand what I'm talking about, and, and this is where we're going today. Last week, we started in this series called This Is Our God. Uh, as a church this year, we, we're really trying to focus in on building a house built on the rock. That comes from Matthew 7, where Jesus says that if you build a house on the rock, the solid rock, that when uh, storms come and the winds come and danger comes, that the house won't fall because it will stand on the solid rock. But the, the man who builds his house on sand, when all of those same things come, it will fall and it will be a calamity. And so we wanted to focus this year on building our house, both as this church and for us individually, spiritually, on the rock, the foundation of who Christ Jesus is, who our God is, so that not only can we know about him, but we actually know him. And so last week we started this series and we talked about uh, who our God is, and we looked at this idea that our God, and we, we kind of defined this, and you can go back and watch it if you missed it, but we said last week uh, to start that our God is one true God, we call him Yahweh, and he exists in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, as one essence. We talked a lot about uh, what, what this looks like and, and the idea and the doctrine of the Trinity, and, uh, and it was kind of heady in some ways, but we talked about how does that relate to us. And so as we continue today in this series, we're going to talk about what I, what I was mentioning from the jump, this idea of how we're created. And so today, we're going to dive in. If you have your Bible, go ahead and pull it out. We're going to be in several places, certainly starting in Genesis chapter 1. I invited you to download the Home Church app. If you didn't do that, you can still. Our scripture is going to be loaded in there. If you're watching online or watching later, we'll put the scripture at my feet. And if you're in the room, you don't have any of those things, we'll throw it on the screen. But today, we're going to lean into this idea of who is our God. We're going to take another step in. And today, we're going to talk about and help you understand that our God is a creator. Our God is a creator. All right? And so this is where we're going today. So I want you to join me in Genesis chapter 1. I want to lay a few things out for us today as we look at God as a creator. Many of you, whether you've been in church uh, a long time or maybe this is your first time, you've probably even heard some of this scripture. 
So I want to walk through it with you. Here's what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning, God created... So, Pastor, how'd you get your title? Right there. (laughs) In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered, uh, darkness was over the face of the, of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And the the Bible goes on to describe uh, multiple days here of creation that that God lays out. So day one is is day and night. Day two, we we realize that God creates the sky. He separates uh, the earth from from the sky. Day three, uh, he actually, that's where we see the earth come into creation. uh, And we see seas, uh, water, and plants. Day four, sun and moon, we see created. Day five, we see fish or uh, water creatures. Day six, land animals, all right? And so now we'll skip down to Genesis uh, chapter 1 in verse 26. We're, I want you to see the last of this creation. In verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, And every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. And all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he made, and it was very good. It's one one of my favorite pieces of scripture right there. God saw all that he made. And it wasn't just good, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Uh, And then we move into chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all of the work of creating that he had done. So there we see day six, which is uh, man, uh, human existence. Day seven, God created something else there. Most people miss rest. So today, uh, there are four things, and this is, this is where we're going, this whole series, where we're talking about who is our God. I want to tell you, this is our God. And so today, there are four things that you need to know about God. Okay, four things that you need to know about God. Number one today is this, God is a creator, God is a creator. Some people, in fact, when they're talking about God, especially in the world, they call him creator God. Because lots of people call lots of different things God. But the idea of a creator God, someone who created all that we see, is important. There's so much evidence that points to a creator. Now, some of you might be here today, you might be skeptical of 
uh, who God is and does he even exist. And uh, there's been times where I've even taught entire messages around the idea and the evidence that God does exist and that he was the creator of the universe. If you've got doubts and questions, I encourage you to go back to one of those and find it. Uh, I felt like those were helpful. But today in our context, I just want to acknowledge that, uh, that this God is the creator God. And he's created all things. In fact, I would even challenge you intellectually, if you came in today and you're wondering, well, does God exist? I would ask you this simple question. Where did everything come from? Because if you hold the idea that everything came from nothing, I would challenge you and say that is intellectually a fallacy. You cannot intellectually get to a place where you can believe that everything came from nothing. You just can't do it. And, and then to take a stretch to, to say that everything that we have, every minute detail, every intricacy that we see and experience in our daily existence, to believe that it came from one crazy, illustrious moment where some protons and neutrons at one point billions of years ago uh, collaborated and, and then combusted into and then developed into what we see today, I, I would just challenge you that intellectually, those things, it's, it's a real stretch to get to that place. And so with that, when we look at this world, this existence that we have, I think it's a fair thing to say that we live in an intelligent design. The fact that our body and all of its parts and the way that our blood functions, DNA and how unique we are, all of the things of this world that we do see and experience, they scream that it is intelligently designed. And I would argue that just like your uh, Apple phone or your Nike shoes, uh, that something that has been intelligently designed, it implies that there was an intelligent designer who made it. And friends, I tell you and I present to you today that you are sitting in the example of an intelligent design and it implies an intelligent designer. We call him God. We believe that he is the creator God. I also want to just lay out a few things that we believe doctrinally as well. We believe that, that, that what we have was created in six literal days. There's a lot of scholarship and arguments around the world that would argue was it six literal days. What does all that look like? We believe that the Bible says that God created these things in six days. So we believe that to be true. Now, I also want you to understand that the Bible describes a day at times as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. So what does that actually look like? I don't know, but I take God's word at his word. He said that it was created, and these things were created in a day, so we believe that to be true. There's also a lot of debate over how old is the earth, right? There's these scientific experiments that say, well, the earth is six billion years old and things like that. Here's how I've reconciled this in my heart, um, which is I, I hold, and so because of that, our church holds an old earth belief system. Uh, Adam was created as a man, not as a baby. So is it fair to then believe that our earth was created already old? I think it is. I believe it is fair to believe that our earth was created uh, already. Potentially, it could look billions of years old. And so I tie the, the creation of Adam already being a man to the idea that we, we live in a created old earth. Last thing I want to mention here in the idea of creation is God was very clear and this is reiterated several times in Scripture that as a part of creation, God created all things, including male and female. And he replies, again, male and female, he created them. Uh, 
Along the annals in Scripture, Jesus comes along, who last week we said Jesus is God. He's God incarnate. And Jesus comes, and he's actually teaching around the idea of marriage and the institution of marriage and around divorce. And and Jesus affirms this again in Matthew 19. He, He says this in Matthew 19 and 4. He's talking to the Pharisees, and he says to them, Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother, and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So not only do we understand that our God is a creator, he created all things. He created what we have in six days. He created the idea of rest on the seventh day, and he created us, male and female, in his image. God also, in this very moment, created the institution of marriage. Most people miss this. Most people miss that, that God actually created the institution of marriage. We, we, we miss all this. And, and in our culture, this is a, a hot topic. People argue this. But let me just say it like this. The one who creates it is the one who defines it and the one who calls it. Okay? Uh, we, we don't look at our Apple phone and tell Steve Jobs, no, 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 this, we're going to call this something else. We don't look at our Nike shoes and tell Phil Knight, nah, homie, this is, this is Adidas. Like, we can't redefine what we did not create. And so in our culture, we are really good these days at trying to redefine what was created and rename it and re-justify it to fit what we want. But friends, I came today to declare to you that God created them male and female. He instituted marriage for one male and one female. And by the way, this was his design. And so for us to try to rename it and redefine it and reclaim it, I, I'm just here to I'm just lovingly tell you it is against God. It is not his way. It is not the way he created things. Our culture is trying to rearrange the way that we see these things, but friends, I tell you that from the very beginning, this is how our God made it. You might not like it, but guess what? You ain't God. So guess what? You don't get to define it. We follow by how he defines it. So the, the next thing that I need you to know about God, God, number one, God is a creator. Number two is that, and this is wild to me when you stop to think about it. Number two is this, God chose the voice as the most powerful tool. Think about this. God chose the voice as the most powerful tool. That's how he created it. Uh, interestingly, that, that God, infinite in wisdom and power and might, could have done anything, and yet in the creation, you know how he chose to do it? He spoke. He spoke, and there was light. He spoke, and humans came out of dust. I mean, he, this is, this is what, the way that he created it. God even used his voice to create things. But look at this. Look at what Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 says. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life. Think about that. Think about how powerful voice and our tongue is. That it created, God used it to create all things. And then he says that there's life and death in it. And then also to the power of salvation. To the power of salvation. Right? I just want you to understand that the Bible says that the heavens declare God's glory. 
So the heavens, whether someone speaks it or not, declares and speaks to God's glory. But God's word says that the, the way people hear and receive salvation is when someone speaks it. Here's what it says in Romans 10 in verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can someone believe in God when they haven't? How can they call on him, right? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Friends, I... I I put before you today that the most powerful tool in all of God's creation is the voice. There's life and death in it. He created from it. And how will someone see and hear about the salvation that is available to them through Christ Jesus, God incarnate, who came and lived a perfect life on earth? Ultimately, he was crucified, paid the price for your sin to reconcile you to himself. He was put in a tomb. There he, he lied for three days, but through his own power, got up, walked the earth for 40 days, ascended into heaven. Right now, he sits at the right hand of God the Father. This is our God. How will someone believe if they do not hear this? That's what the Bible says. The power of salvation is also in the tongue. Because the Bible also says in Romans that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you would be saved. Friends, the voice is the most powerful tool that God created. So I challenge you today. You might not be necessarily the most gifted orator and, and love talking in front of people, but I want you to understand that there is power in your tongue. The way that you speak to your husband or your wife. The way that you speak to your children the way that you speak to one another, the way that you speak over your own life, there is power in the way that we speak. And God instituted it and created it from the very moment that he created all things and he did it with the power of his own tongue. The next thing I want you to know about this God is point number three. Point number three you need to know about God is why God created us out of love. I need you to understand this. I want to explain to you why God created us out of love. I want to read this to you. Uh, this is in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Starting in verse 7. It says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. I want to pause there real quickly, and I also want to take back that statement that God is love, and it's being used uh, inaccurately in our culture right now, and I want you to understand that the scripture is defining God as love for sure, but it gives some context around the fact that God created us out of love. It goes on to say in verse 9, this is how God showed his love among us. This is important. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, into the world that we might live through him. How do I know God loves me? Because he sent his son to earth for you. Verse 10, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. When we've sinned, and by the way, when we were born, we were born sinful. And so because of that, from the moment of our birth, we are separated from God. 
The only thing that can atone for us, the only thing that can make up for us, the only thing that can justify us, the only thing that can make us right is faith in Christ Jesus, his atoning blood. Verse 11, so dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. Watch this, this is critical. And his love is made complete in us. His love is made complete in us. I want to share an idea, a concept with you. At first, you may not get it this week as you think about it. Uh, Some of you are going to send me an email and call me a heretic. Some of you are later going to be like, I've never heard it explained that way. But um, when, when you have a sound like this, okay, there's this clapping. Now, if I go and stand outside without my microphone on, and I clap, are you going to hear it? You're not going to hear it, okay? So if I go outside and I clap, and you didn't hear it, did I clap? I did. So you know this age-old question, right? So if a tree falls in the forest, and no one's around to hear it, did the tree fall? (laughs) Right? You've heard that, right? Well, I I want you to understand something. There's something about sound, uh, and some of you may know this, some of you may not. I actually went to school to be a music teacher. Uh, I love music. I, I went to school to actually be a chorus teacher. And one of the things you need to understand about sound is this. Sound is, it's an interesting idea and concept because sound, all it is, is uh, it's waves that are hit something and received, and we understand it. I'll give you an example. Uh, if you say my name, Kenny... Uh, the only way I can understand that is because you pass along these wavelengths that then hit my ear, my ear and my brain receive that, and I comprehend it, I understand it, I've received the waves that you've sent to me, and now I can respond. Does that make sense? So in the, in the idea of the tree falling in the forest, the tree falls, and it makes a sound, and it sends waves, but if you're not around for it to bounce off of you and you to receive it and understand it and comprehend it, It didn't really make a sound to you, but it did fall. Well, I want you to understand. I hope you're tracking with me here. But God is love. And love is in this way as God is himself. He radiates love outwardly. And before you and I were created, there was nothing there to actually receive his love, understand it, grasp it, comprehend it, and then turn around and give it back. I hope you're tracking with me here. And so because God is love and he radiated love before he created you and I, there was nothing to bounce back praise to him for who he is. And so in his creation of me and you, part of it was also, and here's what the scripture said, his love is complete in us. I want to be very clear. God does not need any of us. He didn't need to create us. I think it's even better than that. He chose to create us. He chose to involve us. He chose to share his great love and to radiate it to us that we might see it, feel it, experience it, comprehend it, and then turn around and give it to him and to others. So the same answer is true. If I stand outside and clap, and if a tree falls in the forest, if you're not around, it still did make a sound. 
but it's when we hear it and receive it and are able to respond to it, does it matter? And so because of this, you were created out of love. God loved you so much and his love radiated so much that he wanted you to see it and experience it and feel it, to comprehend it, and then to be able to grasp it and hold it and turn around and give it back to him in the form of praise. And because of that, you would then love other people. This is who our God is. He's a creator God and he created us out of love. I hope you think about that this week. I hope you... you, can comprehend some of that idea of how God's love completes and is completed in us. It's a beautiful thing. And here's the last point. We'll wrap up today. Uh, Point number four is this. Uh, God created us with a purpose. God created us with a purpose. Friend, you were created with a purpose. Uh, I am all too clear that my purpose was not to be a handyman, to be a craftsman, to be a woodworker, to be a carpenter, to be a mechanic. like It just ain't in me. Uh, I, I don't have it. But I want to say a few things here that I want you to grab onto today. I hope you walk out understanding these ideas, these concepts about who God is as a creator. But hear this. He can do everything better than you. Think about that. He can do everything better than you. Man, there's so many times we fall into this place of, well, God, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. Friend, let me just tell you this. He don't need you. He don't need me. But again, I think that makes it so much more powerful and beautiful and awe-inspiring that he don't need us, and yet he chooses to use us because he can do everything better than us. I'll pose this question to you. Why did God send Gabriel, the archangel, to Mary to proclaim to her that she would give birth to Jesus, God incarnate? Why? Have you ever thought about that? As you think about it, that's such a critical, critical announcement. Why would God himself not show up to Mary to make that announcement? Why would he do that? Why would he give this to to Gabriel to go and to hold and to carry rather than to do it himself? I I, I want you to also think about this. Why did God use prophets and, and kings and all these people to speak to his people? Why did God use people in these moments when he could have done it? I want you to consider that. Here's why. Because everything he creates finds its fulfillment into stepping into their purpose, their design. You were designed for something unique and purposeful. We find fulfillment in that. When you know you're good at something, when you know that you're gifted in something, when you know you have it in you, like it's one of the reasons that many people love their job because they're good at it. They enjoy doing it. They find fulfillment in that. Some of you, you were created for those things. It's incredible when we step into our purpose, how fulfilled we feel. How we feel like, man, this is what I was made for. I I don't know if you've ever not been doing that and then you've actually gotten to do that. How free you feel. How incredible you feel when it comes to this idea that, man, I'm stepping into what God created me for. Finally, there's freedom in it. 
Let me say this. He won't violate your design. Why does God not step into every situation and circumstance? Why did God send Gabriel rather than himself? Because he designed Gabriel to be a herald. That was his job. Why would God violate that? Why would God violate his design? He won't do your job for you. So why is it important that we go and tell? Why is it important that we tell our friends about Jesus? Why is it important that we we love other people? Because you were created for this. He won't do your job for you. Here's why. Because our God is not a thief. And he will not steal from you what he created and gave to you. It's a beautiful thought. And so here's what I, I want to leave you with today, which is, who is our God? He's a creator God. He created all things, and he set institutions in place from the very beginning. He has a unique way in which he's created power in our tongue and the ability to follow his design. He's done it out of love, and he gives all of us a chance to play a part, uniquely, specifically, strategically. And so I'll leave you with this. Ephesians chapter two and verse 10 says this. For we are God's handiwork. Man, I'm not a craftsman, but our God is. He's quite handy. No doubt that when Jesus came to earth, he actually worked as a carpenter, a woodworker. He he worked with his hands. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Friend, from the foundations of the earth, while you were being knit in your mother's womb, you were created intently, specifically, uniquely, with a purpose, for a purpose, on purpose, by our God. And so here's what I wanna leave you with. I wanna invite you to just bow your heads and close your eyes. And and this is nothing weird. If you're with us for the first time today, nothing weird's gonna happen. When we bow our eyes, it's really like bowing our knees. It's just a moment where you can be introspective. And I just wanna, I just wanna invite you into a moment of consideration. Considering what you've heard today and what you've experienced about who our God is, that he's a creator God. I want you to take a moment and consider the grandiosity of what he's created with just his voice. This existence that we have with just a whisper came into being. I'd like for you to take a moment and consider God's love for you. That our God is love and he he radiates love. And and for you to be able to feel it and sense it, receive it. How has God poured out his love on you? What does that look like in your life? How have you received his love and given it back to him in the form of praise or loved others?
I wonder if you've truly ever considered your purpose. Why and how God created you. What he put in your bones for his purposes and your good. What gifting he put in your hands. What innovation he nestled in the recesses of your mind and in your heart. I think a fair question for us to ask ourselves today is this. Am I operating in God's purposes for me? Am I out here trying to build things when he's called me to speak? Am I out here trying to speak when he's called me to build things? Like, Can you pinpoint what it is you feel like God's purposed you for? And if you can, I think it's a fair question to ask. How am I doing that? What am I, what am I doing to utilize that? How is God using me? And if maybe you can't pinpoint that, I think a fair thing for you to consider right now, and especially this week, is, God, what have you purposed for me? What did you put in me? What, what have you given me that you want me to use? And for what purposes? How? Take a moment, any of those things that you've considered, the thing that just sticks out to you right now that you need God to speak to you on, would you just ask him right now in your own heart, in your own heart, in your own way, just speak to him, just ask him, say, God, show me, reveal to me, help me see, help me know, help me understand how you've created me and for what purposes. How do I do it, God? Creator God. How mighty and powerful are you. That at the sound of your voice, the galaxies came into being and were perfectly aligned. The sound of your voice, all that we see and experience has its being because you spoke it And then you called it not just good, but very good. How lucky are we that you thought of us, that you gave us life, that you loved us, and that you would think so highly of us, that we would matter so much to you that in all of the people on the earth and all of the things that you have at your hand that you would know us uniquely, specifically, purposefully and that you would call us to something for your good and your glory. God, I am constantly amazed that you would choose a wretched sinner like me to speak on your behalf. God, thank you for choosing me. 
Thank you for what you've given me, God. I pray that I use it well. God, for all of us, thank you for what you've put in our hands. God, I pray that we would use it well. And so, Father, we say thank you for all that you've done, who you are, that we come to know you even better, that we understand you even deeper, and that you would continue to reveal yourself to us more clearly. We say thank you in your son Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If there's anything that we can do to serve you or come alongside of you in your journey, please reach out. You can reach us at hello at myhomechurch.cc.